0: Whether you're a professional athlete or a seasoned corporate executive, it is easy to enjoy a lifestyle where a paycheck is calling all the shots. But is that sustainable forever? Welcome to Tell Your Boss I Quit with Pete Gudekunst, founder of Good Financial Services and financial planner with Raymond James. Pete helps you financially bridge from the journey you've started through the life goals you've imagined. Sooner or later, by force or by choice, life takes turns. Listen as Pete discusses how to take charge and make your move on your terms with confidence.
1: Asset allocation questionnaires are designed to determine how much investment risk an investor is willing to accept and then recommend a portfolio with your assumed maximum risk in mind. When markets are down as they have been the first half of 2022, it does beg the question, is there a better way? Your host, Pete Gutekunst, has some thoughts on that question. Pete? Well, thanks, Patrice, and welcome to Tell Your Boss I Quit. And yes, asset allocation is a core element to financial planning and certainly for portfolio construction, but it often does fall into doubt and I believe uh, a lot of misuse at times. So what I wanted to do first is let's actually define what asset allocation is and with me today, again, is fellow Certified Financial Planner and Good Financial Services team member, Brian Henderson. And welcome, Brian. And let us uh, let me throw it out to you so you can just define for us what exactly is asset allocation? What are we talking about?
2: Yeah, thanks for the introduction and uh, glad to be here. I think asset allocation summed up in the best way, uh, at least the best way that I can put it is really just not putting all your eggs in one basket. And the idea of it is that we want to own different things because they move and act differently at different times. So if we only have one investment, then we're really tied to the performance uh, of that one asset. Whereas if we own many different things, then we can be maybe holding up a little bit better if the market is going through some trouble or taking opportunity um, when it arises. So it's really just the idea of not tying all your eggs to one basket, basket, and uh, and allowing things to move um, independently and and differently from one another.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and uh, and I knew I could count on you for for somewhat of a textbook CFP answer there, <laughs> and that's precisely <laughs> right. Uh, but I was thinking about this. You're 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 a car guy. You just. Uh, uh, had your car, your truck service this morning? So I was thinking about it. You know, another way of thinking about asset allocation is uh, I think of it as like a a fleet of of vehicles, and you know it could be investment vehicles, but you know, that could be trucks, cars, SUVs, sports cars. Uh, and, you know, and those are different types of vehicles. And like you said, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, so you don't want to own just trucks or or just sports cars and Maybe one a hard top and a convertible sports car and a heavy and light duty truck and you know maybe a mid and and full size sedan and and uh, you know an SUV with a trailer hitch and a third row and then you know maybe one just with uh, four make sure it has four wheel drive that's kind of your asset allocation among different kind of stocks I'll say but asset allocation you know really as far as vehicles are it's not just four wheeled vehicles that ride on the road. But what if there's a rainy day or we're going to hit some water and we need something that's going to float? So we're going to have you know, a part of our fleet of vehicles. We're going to include uh, you know, a boat or at least a small watercraft. And sometimes we just might want, want to be even so cautious that we're going to get off and, and walk by foot so it's a comfy pair of shoes. And so when you think about asset allocation, it's you know, maybe a fleet of, of four-wheel vehicles. That's sort of your core uh, investment, uh, like stocks. Uh, and then sort of something that's gonna be a little more protective and and operate completely differently than than a in a four-wheel vehicle would. So that's like a boat, and then the comfy shoes, that's kind of like your cash, and that's what keeps you safe in in almost any kind of environment. And for some investors, they're gonna want a bigger boat, or maybe they're gonna want to arc in their fleet for for some heavy rains. And of course, that's gonna mean that they're gonna have a you know a different you're not going to be able to fit as many cars in the garage if you've got something like that for your, for your rainy day. So that's just another way of kind of thinking about asset allocation is we've got a lot of different things working for us under different circumstances, just like you said. And and uh, And then the eggs in one basket, that's having different types of of individual vehicles, like a truck or a car or something like that. But when we think about asset allocation, what is it that uh, makes that so important to portfolio construction and and to your financial plan? why is why do we say in financial planning this is so important?
2: Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of reasons that it is important. And I think that that car analogy makes a lot of sense when you're thinking about just the way that different uh, vehicles, whether it's investment or automobiles, like you said, act differently and, and are used for different purposes. But the reason that it is so important for financial planning and just investing in general is that really what you're trying to do through asset allocation is manage risk. And that's really the key ingredient as to why someone would want to do this, someone, a lot of times we'll talk to people and they say, well, why wouldn't I just own a specific company? Or why wouldn't I just own, you know, a specific index or something along those lines? And while some people do that, you don't have the same way to pivot or take advantage or avoid some issues or opportunities um, when they come up. So if we can combine uh, different assets like stocks and bonds with, um, you know different characteristics even within those individual categories. We can have a a better understanding as far as what the total uh, risk profile of a portfolio is. And some people may themselves be more willing or able to take risk, whereas others may feel differently and prefer to be more conservative or not want to see fluctuations in the, you know their total portfolio value as much. And so there's different ways. To control or to try to you know level out some of those movements. Um, so that, that's really the point of it is we want to try to get some type of predictability over time um, of what we can expect out of a portfolio. Um, no one knows exactly what's going to take place, but if you put certain things together you can have a better understanding of what the uh, expected outcomes could be. And that's really the goal of, of asset allocation.
1: Yeah, it's really designed it to, to help you stay with your strategy, right? You're you're gonna have some things. If you want to own, you know, back to my car analogy, if you want to own nothing but sports cars, you're gonna get there faster than anything else, uh, you know. But if if you've got nothing but convertibles, they're not gonna be ideal when it's a little bit colder, and we know there'll be colder days and icier days, and that's not gonna be the the best kind of vehicle to be driving around in that kind of an environment. So you're gonna need a you know a different a different type of vehicle to get you there. And then also I think if if you're oh nothing but one type of vehicle, you could be kind of getting close to the water. And you know, well, if the water rises and kind of comes over the roadway, what am I going to do? And so you have a you know you're a little bit worried about your your fleet there. And so you've got you can like you said pivot. You're you're driving more comfortably knowing that if you have to, you can hop out of the car and get in the boat. And you know if you have to get off and go by foot. Uh, you know, you have that that comfy fa- comfy pair of shoes to to put on. So you know that's exactly right. I think it helps you stay the course with your investments, uh, as well as uh, you know being able to pivot. I thought that was a you know a great word that you used there. But this is where I think there's a lot of misuse. And uh, you know, in any disclosure or disclaimer, you see when it comes to asset allocation, it isn't guaranteeing a better investment result. Uh, nor is it guaranteeing that you won't have you know negative fluctuation, but it is designed to help kind of smooth out the bumps a little bit, give you the confidence that you have, like you said, a, a way to pivot. But there's, I think, there's a lot of misuse to it because we have a lot of questionnaires, and 401ks in particular, they tend to give you a questionnaire, and however you answer that questionnaire. That then tells you this is the asset allocation you ought to have. And that questionnaire is typically asking you how much risk are you willing to take? And then based on how you answer that question, it will lead you to building a portfolio or a fleet of vehicles that takes the most possible risk that you say you're willing to accept. And I would argue that there, you'll answer that questionnaire differently under different circumstances. In 2022, markets are down, uh, first half of the year over twenty percent, you might feel differently about the risk in uh, in in your fleet of cars. Uh, differently than if you had answered that question you know, in 2021 when everything seemed to only be going up. And so I think that's part of the misuse is we have to really think about the long-term implications of your financial plan. And what you and I work a lot on, Brian, is, is we look at that from the asset allocation because we talk to people, we know we want to keep them invested in a, in a strategy, uh, but we also aren't looking at just cars boats and comfy shoes but there there's you know it's not just stocks bonds and cash right there's there's more to it than that so what are some of the other things that we can consider as a an asset class if you will or how can we uh, mitigate some of the risk and and make that portfolio a little bit different than just by using stocks bonds and cash
2: yeah that that's a great point that you bring up there and Um, There's a few different ways that you can look at it. And, you know, we may have some of our favorites or, uh, you know, things that we prefer, but just some other things outside of, you know, stocks, bonds and cash. If you kind of go under the hood of that a little bit more, um, even when you're talking about uh, bonds. Thanks for
1: sticking with my car analogy. There, getting under the hood.
2: (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, even when you go under the hood of that a little bit. Um, you know, Even if you're talking about uh, bonds, for example, there's different types of bonds. So you can own things that are longer dated. You can own things that maybe have an interest rate that fluctuates over time. Um, so there's different ways to own even those individual categories. And same thing on the stock side as well is are we owning small company stocks? Are we owning large company stocks? Are we involving international into that? So there's different ways to own that. And even on top of all of that is how are those individual positions being managed? And so there are some product types that will include some type of downside protection into them. Um, There are others that maybe are able to create more income from, uh, you know, using different types of strategies on top of the positions that they own. Um, so there's different ways to look at it instead of just owning, you know, the broader indexes of those different types of assets. And I think that we like to look at that because it gives us a different way to manage risk. And really, it's just another way to diversify outside of, like you said, stocks, bonds and cash. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other ways that you can that you can overlay opportunities and uh, and different ways to manage that risk on top of that. And so... You know, we're really just diversifying further, and it's giving a new opportunity set for our investors.
1: Sure, exactly. So there's, there's, there's hedging strategies that can, like you said, give downside protection. So it might be something uh, that will behave maybe in the long run more like a bond-like investment expected return. Uh, but it's going to protect itself in a different way or be a buffer in your portfolio differently than a bond would be. So when interest rates rise like they have in the first half of 2022, that shock absorber, which is kind of one of the things we think of as a bond and an asset allocation, it's a shock absorber for your stock investments. It wasn't doing such a great job as a shock absorber in that rising rate environment. So there are other ways to provide that protection uh, while still getting you know market participation, so hedging like you said, or uh, you know, or, or enhancing income, uh, and overall just investment strategies, right? You you mentioned that we we really do a deep dive. You do a great job of coming through different managers and strategies who are not just owning and mimicking the stock market if they're a stock manager, but being very selective into what they own or or what industries they're in or what industries they are avoiding, and. And that's something that can really be, you know, changing over over the course of time as well. So right now, interest rates have risen, and we're starting to look at those longer dated interest, or those longer dated funds like you or um, bonds, like you said, uh, because now that's a little bit better of a of a circumstance. Now that the the price deeper or the the downward pressure on pricing has changed, makes that uh, you know an, a unique opportunity now. So so your asset allocation is not something that you just set it and forget it, right? You're you're making changes along the way because of changing circumstances, or I guess even goals. So as we're going through that, we start to make adjustments, adjustments in our asset allocation. And I think too, when we look at that, when we look at a uh, you know an asset allocation, and I talked about a questionnaire, we talk a lot about goals and, and we really talk a lot about purpose. So some of those investments are not necessarily designed to deliver the best returns under all circumstances, or maybe even in in the long run. And we have to really focus on purpose. So kind of talk about how we look at it from a bucketing standpoint, Brian, when we put together a portfolio, and then I'll pull that back into how that uh, incorporates into asset allocation.
2: Yeah, that is an important distinction to make. A lot of times when we talk to people, they may just say, oh, I just... You know, have this money or something kind of fell out of the sky. Maybe someone inherited money and they may not have had the idea that they were even ever going to have that asset to begin with. So, you know, they weren't planning to use that at some point in the future. And they say, oh, okay, we'll just do whatever with it. And it's very difficult to make a decision or determination as to what is the best strategy for those specific dollars because we don't have a purpose, which is a great word to use. You know, when we're talking about investing and just understanding a bucket strategy like what we usually will try to implement. And the reason for that is we want to know what is the purpose of the dollars or when do we plan to use them in the future? So if you think about people that are investing in like a 401k or 403b, an employer, type of retirement plan most people aren't planning to touch any of those dollars until they are retirement age and so if you have that time horizon of what could be you know 10 20 30 40 years depending on how long you have until retirement you know you can look at those dollars that you have in that type of an account differently than um, you know, some cash or some uh, money that you have on the side for a rainy day, or if your roof were to go, or something along those lines. You know a lot of times we're talking to people that may want to help out family members with education expenses, for example. so that's that's a pretty finite idea or date as to when those dollars are needed. So, you know, if someone is just born and the idea is that we're planning for college eighteen years from now, those dollars are specifically meant for that goal. And so the way that you invest should be aligned to the purpose of those dollars. So that's really what a bucketing strategy comes to is, you know, what dollars are we earmarking for long-term for the future? You know, we might not know exactly what we're gonna spend it on, but we know it's not gonna be for a while. Um, versus a midterm. Maybe you we're planning, you know, my roof is going to go at some point. It could be three years from now, It could be two years from now. You know, that's something that you need to plan for, but you don't know exactly when it's going to take place. And then outside of that, you know, you really have that short term of maybe you have a vacation in a year where you plan to you know do something special with your family, something along those lines. those that's a very specific time frame as well. So just understanding, you know the purpose or the time frame as far as when those dollars are going to be used can really allow us to align the total allocation uh, of the portfolio or of that earmarked money um
1: you know for that specific reason yeah and that that's that's exactly right when when you think about purpose uh if we do a questionnaire if we stuck just only to a questionnaire and came up with an asset allocation and we didn't really think about purpose to your point if there is something coming up uh your uh, you're closer to retirement and you're going to start making withdrawals, or you know, you have a, a big special trip that's coming up in a year or two, and there's going to be a larger than usual withdrawal from your portfolio. Uh, that's something very specific, and we can't be or don't want to be that portion of your investment in that piece that could fluctuate as much as so far, you know, in the first half of 2022, for example. If we knew we needed to pull that money out in, in a year, uh, we wouldn't have wanted to have been exposed to that kind of a risk. But if we just did a questionnaire, that would have been sort of our long-term point of view asset allocation. So we want to pull that out from a purpose standpoint, like you said. And then also, you know, there are things that are possible, uh, but what I say are not unexpected. So they're not expected. They're not surprises. I say they're not ex- unexpected, meaning the roof going, like you said. I know I have a 15- a Twenty-year-old roof. I, I don't know when, but at some point, I know I'm going to have to do something about that. Or, you know, I, I plan to retire in the next few years, and I'm going to be making some withdrawals, so I want to be a little more guarded with that money. And so that's really where we want to look at it from that point of view. And and I think back to what you were saying about uh, selecting managers and strategies and and techniques to manage risk in a, in the individual investment decisions. Is that also is very helpful in a year like this when people are looking at their portfolio? And this really comes back to why asset allocation matters. Is you come back to your portfolio, and if you're doing things right, you probably own some things that were struggling this year because they are that longer-term investment that you were talking about, and they're they're getting a, a good long-term uh, return. But they're going to have a little more short-term fluctuation. But you can look at your portfolio and say, "Yeah, yeah, I don't own all, you know, sports cars. I've got some, you know, I've got some, uh, you know, sedans that are holding up pretty well and driving on the road just fine right now. Uh, I've got, you know, I see the water's getting a little bit closer, and I've got that boat that's kind of getting me through this a little bit. And so when investors start to look at the individual pieces of asset allocation, not just the total." Performance of the total uh, portfolio. That also, I think, is really helpful to help you help you stay the course. So, if you needed to, I could get money from here and not have to worry about pulling out at the wrong time. And that's kind of pulling that all together, all together with purpose. So, I think that's really a big picture. Is is asset allocation matters, but like I said at the beginning, I think it really can get misused, and we lean on it too much, and just say this is the portfolio for you, and then when something goes wrong you know, there you are. Well, this is the risk that you signed up for. And I think when you break it down by purpose and look at it more granularly on how you're actually going to use the investments, then you really are are able to stay the course. And I think we've had that experience in our client meetings, Brian. I think generally uh, that's gone well when we can point to something that's doing, uh, you know, that's holding up better or even maybe even being positive or or certainly in the year like 22, less negative.
2: Yeah, that, that's certainly the case. And we've kind of been having a, a little joke with people recently is, you know, saying less negative than the broader market isn't necessarily the best outcome. We'd like to be showing people positive numbers, but it, it gives you an idea as to why you do certain things. And again, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be acting that way. We may own something that isn't necessarily down less uh, you know, during a market environment like 2022, but if we go into it with the understanding that those dollars are earmarked for a further point out in the future, then we don't really have to worry about that specific portion of what we have in the overall pie. So, yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it and uh, it certainly gives you the opportunity to to weather the storm and you know, a lot of times people talk about time in the v- market versus timing the market and I think that that applies to asset allocation as well because what we're really trying to do is understand that You know, if you allow yourself to have time with your investments, that's really the best way to recover or weather any type of storm. So if you can have someone feel comfortable with what they're doing and understand why they're allocated the way they are, that's really the most important point. You want people to stick to their strategy and and have long term success uh, and not sweat over, you know, sweat over their short term volatility.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think the uh, you know timing and or time in the market, but also having those other elements to asset allocation rather than just being exclusively stocks, bonds, and cash, but having things that have a, a degree of protection. Uh, because there will be environments that are challenging for all asset classes. And so you need to have something other than just a stock that's going to grow over the long run, uh, you know, or a bond that should hold up under, you know, fi- on foul weather uh, elements. And that's exactly what we we'll want to do. So that kind of, I think, is is really the, a good way to summarize it. Asset allocation does matter, but really it's the starting point of the conversation. And over time, in in reviewing with clients as they go through leading up to and taking money out after they told their boss they want to quit, getting a, getting income from their portfolio. Then asset allocation and that purpose of the asset really starts to take uh, a much more uh, greater priority than just managing volatility so you can stay with your investment. You want to be able to pull from your investment uh, and not be taking money out at the wrong places at the wrong time. And that's really, I think, part of the whole picture is it just roots you back to your goals and a good financial plan. And that's what we do at Good Financial Services. So I think we'll kind of wrap it up there. I think with what's going on this year, uh, a good asset allocation would have would have kept you- you know, with uh, some things that worked well, some things that held up sort of with the market, and some things maybe that were doing well prior to that and are, and are getting ready to kind of take off again. And so, with cars and boats and comfy shoes, we'll help you build an asset allocation. And if you'd like to learn more about how we do that here at Good Financial Services, you can find us at www.gootfinancial.com. Uh, learn more about our process uh tell your boss i quit uh and that's where you can pick up a copy of the book and certainly uh, you can give us a call 267-470-4109 and we're always happy to start a conversation and learn as much as we can about you and how your asset allocation is supporting your goals and whether or not you're on on pace or path with your plan. So till next time, we'll see you at tell your boss i quit.
0: Thank you for listening to Tell Your Boss I Quit. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. To learn more about defining your financial purpose and how you can thrive and not sacrifice your spending in retirement, download Tell Your Boss I Quit by Pete Goodekinst. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC investment advisory services offered through raymond james financial services advisors inc Goot financial services is not a broker dealer and is independent of raymond james financial services